Hello, and welcome to the podcast. You're listening to the Reversing Diabetes with Delane MD podcast. This is episode number 210, I believe, although I didn't look to make sure, but I'm pretty sure 210. Um, if you're new to the podcast, I'm Delane Vaughn. I'm a board-certified family practice doctor, a former emergency room nurse, a veteran healthcare provider, and the host of this podcast. This podcast is for women who are not ready to let go of their longevity, their vitality, and their vigor. It's for women that know that life is a gift, and they're not ready to start the downward spiral of chronic disease. This podcast is for badass women who master really hard things in many other areas of their life but struggle to master chocolate cake. If that's you, let's talk. Today, we are going to talk about, we're doing part two of the podcast on GLP-1 agonists. So these are the, as I've lovingly named it, Ozempic, Saxenda, Wagovi, oh my, as a throwback to my Kansas kid kind of ways. So, um... We are going to talk about that today. Before we dive into that conversation, I want to remind you that if you have been medicated for your type 2 diabetes, you need to be very careful as you start to make the changes that I recommend in this podcast. I recommend dietary management for type 2 diabetes or dietary changes to reverse type 2 diabetes. The meds that you've been started on were started because of the way you used to eat. If you eat differently now, you're going to have to change those meds also. If you do not do that, you can get very ill. The kind of ill that involves a hospitalization, an ER visit, and possibly death. Okay, so it, it's very serious. If you are on medications, you need to be very careful. You need to contact your medical provider who's prescribed these medications, and you need to have a conversation. You need to let them know what you intend to do with your diet and how you wanna open up a line of communication with them so you can send them your blood sugar readings and they can send you information about what to do with your meds and which meds to come off of, okay? If you are on medications for your type two diabetes, please be very careful as you make these dietary changes. Watch your meds, have a line of communication open with your primary care or your medical provider who's prescribed those medications. I want to remind everybody, if you're enjoying this podcast, if you're finding benefits from this podcast, please rate the podcast. Go to your podcast player or the app that you're listening to podcasts on, rate the podcast, review the podcast. If you're listening on my website, share it. Share it on social media. Follow me on social media. Follow me at DelaneMD on Instagram and Facebook. That is where I will talk about like this live broadcast on YouTube, which everybody is welcome to in real time. And also you have the opportunity to ask questions in real time on the YouTube broadcasting. All of that is announced and talked about on these social media platforms. So follow me there. Also, if you are on Facebook, find the DelaneMD Reversing by Diabetes Facebook group doing a lot of fun things in there. Um, lots of great people, lots of helpful souls in that place. I love that group of people. Um, join that group. Also about, well, last month I did it and I'm gonna do it this month again too. I go live for an hour and I coach live in that space. So if that's something, if you have questions, if you wanna hear you know, an answer to something, if you wanna you know, know what to do in a certain situation, if you wanna know why your brain keeps telling you to eat food that makes you sick, then go into that space, go into that Facebook group, get the help that you need. There are a lot of helpful souls that will help you along the way. And then there is the opportunity to have some live coaching. Um, I am going to be offering next week, next Wednesday. So I believe that's, I don't know the date, but watch on Instagram, watch on uh, Facebook, and I will let you know the date. Um, I'm going to be doing a webinar. It will be a free webinar that anybody can sign up for. 
watch my website, DelaneMD.com. There will be a sign-up page there. You can send me a message, Delane at DelaneMD.com. I'm happy to get you signed up, but it should be August 9th. That's next Wednesday in the morning. So if you're interested in that, let me know. And then lastly, I am offering diabetes reversal assessments. If you're a woman with type 2 diabetes and you're worried and you're frustrated and you're confused about why you can't seem to fix it, there is help. These assessment calls are 45-minute calls. You and I will meet and discuss your specific obstacles to reversing your type 2 diabetes. By the end of the call, you're going to know what your biggest obstacle is and why you haven't been able to overcome it. Then at the end of the call, if you're interested, you can find out more about working together in my group program where there is one-on-one -on -one support as well as group coaching to help you on this journey to reversing your type 2 diabetes. All right, so we are going to dive in to... Ozempic and Wagovi, oh my. So for what it's worth, Ozempic and Wagovi are the same meds. They're both semaglutide, but it's fun to say, and the Kansas kid in me loves those. Those Whenever I can make that rhyme come through, just like in The Wizard of Oz. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to discuss the GLP-1 inhibitors that are being promoted as the latest and greatest weight loss drug, okay? It's all the buzz right now. Everybody, my brother asked me about it the other day. I had a friend from high school reach out to me, I hadn't talked to her in years, and she's asking me about it. Clients come to me. Women who think about joining my group are asking about these. It is all the buzz. When I bring this up to women, they're like, yeah, I hear about it in the nail salon. I hear about it in the hair salon. All the ladies are talking about these drugs because they are really being promoted as the most amazing weight loss drugs. In fact, a, a headline I read the other day described it as staggering weight loss, which I found really entertaining because I would not, I don't know, I wouldn't consider it staggering and I'm going to share the data with you. You get to decide whether you should think it's staggering. Last week, episode 209, I talked about the mindset that leads people, that lead leads humans, women specifically, because I interviewed a number of women who had either asked for these meds, had been placed on these meds, or were still on these meds, and asked them, you know, why, you know, tell me about the process, about what you were thinking about the, the steps that you went through to get you know, on this med or why it seemed like the thing that you needed to do. Last week's podcast really reviewed that. And really classified those responses, at least the ones that I heard. And again, this is none of this is all inclusive, guys. This is just the information and my cross-section of, you know, interviews or input from other people. This is not all inclusive, but this is what I'm hearing. I uh, classified the thoughts that I was hearing from these women into three different uh, cognitive distortions, which there's a whole podcast about cognitive distortions. You can go find it that I've done. Um, but really how, when we have these cognitive distortions, we also get distorted outcomes. We get distorted uh, results with it. When we're thinking, when our thought, when our cognition, the thoughts that we have are distorted the result that we get from those thoughts will also be distorted. It's not going to be what we expect it to be. So um, check that podcast out if you're interested in that. Um, today, we're going to talk kind of about what the literature says. Again, it's not a all-inclusive evaluation or study on the literature. It's the articles that I have looked at and that I've come across. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the... Um, actual results that this literature is showing, that these studies show. I am going to talk briefly about metformin. 
Lastly, I will talk about the um, return on investment, essentially, that you're going to see with these meds. Okay, so I'm going to talk about the cost of these meds at this point, if you're paying out of pocket. I am going to talk about these primarily in a weight loss um, mindset. They are used to treat type 2 diabetes. But when I hear, when women are talking about it at the nail salon or at the hair salon, when people are calling me and asking me about this, it is never like, ooh, fix my diabetes. It's like, I want to lose that weight. This is the thing that they are plugging, that the pharmaceutical companies and the media are plugging these meds to do is to really help with weight loss and to combat this like obesity epidemic that we have in this country. Um, so I'm going to primarily be talking about it in that realm. I will talk a little bit about effects on um, A1C, but that's really not what I was pulling out of the data. I was really pulling the weight loss benefits out because that's how these are being plugged. At the end of it, I will talk about metformin. I get a lot of questions about metformin and I have an opinion about metformin and I've shared it pretty openly, my opinion about metformin. Um, so I'll talk about that. Before we get started, I do want to say if you are considering, if you are in a place where you feel like this med is your last ditch effort to create the health in your life, and you're feeling in, in kind of a desperate place, a hopeless place, I don't know that I want you listening to this podcast. <laughs> Turn it off. You can come back to it when you're in a better place. I don't want to take anybody's belief away that this might help them. Okay. So if that's where you're at and you're really in this place of, I don't know what else to do, and this is the only thing that I have left to try. I don't want to rain on that parade. So maybe this podcast is not for you. Turn it off. Go find a good old, you know, classic 80s dance mixtape and dance your tail off and have a good time. But go out for a walk, do something else. Don't, maybe this podcast isn't for you. If you are on the fence, though, if you are sitting there going, gosh, I really wonder what it's all about. I've heard all this information. Maybe it's something I should try. I don't know. I've heard about it. A friend of mine's on it. If that's where you're at, I'm talking to you. This podcast is for you. We're going to review the information, okay? And then you get to make a decision based on that. I also lastly want to say that I am not by any means an expert on reading and interpreting medical literature. It is complex. It is convoluted. It is reported out in strange ways in order to make <laughs> studies say something, okay? So I'm going to really break this down into simple, like how many people were in the study? How many weeks did it last? What did they report out as the information and as, a, as the result, basically? What information did they report out as the, infer, or the, as the result that these folks got? So <clears throat> all of that, wow, we're like 10 minutes into this. Let's dive in, guys. All right. GLP-1 is a, it's a glucose, uh, I'm sorry, glucagon-like peptide number one. And it's a hormone, a protein that's released in our body. And what it does in our body is it decreases glucagon. Glucagon is a hormone that will increase blood sugar. It increases insulin production, so it will lower blood sugar. So glucon, glucagon increases blood sugar, insulin lowers so overall, both of these are interested in lowering, like both of these effects, right? Glucagon increases blood sugar, but we're lowering the production of that. And it's increasing insulin, which also lowers the blood sugar. So in both of those ways, it's thought to decrease blood sugar in our system. It's also um, 
found to slow the transit through our gut. So the way that our food moves through our gut is slowed down. The GLP-1 that's produced by our body is rapidly metabolized in our body, so it doesn't last very long. So the GLT, or I'm sorry, the GLP-1 agonists, so these are the meds, all right? These are the uh, semaglutide, the Ozempic, the Wagovi. These are the Sexenda. These are the meds that everybody's looking for, okay? They're agonists, meaning, meaning they agonize, they turn on, versus antagonists, which is something that would turn off, the anti-effect of it. The agonists, they are thought to, again, decrease our blood sugar. They're thought to decrease the glucagon. They're thought to overall decrease the A1C. So it lists out eight different pharmacological effects in one of these studies, which is funny. I'm like, well, if you're decreasing the blood sugar, you're decreasing the A1C. That's already stated, which cracked me up a little bit, but whatever. It's supposed to increase your insulin sensitivity. It's supposed to decrease the gastric emptying again, and we know that because of how it works within the body and the stuff that our body produces. Um, it's supposed to increase satiety, making you feel satisfied with your food. And again, in my brain, I'm like, you just said that because it decreases the way that the stomach empties. It's also supposed to decrease fatty acid in your bloodstream, and overall, it's meant to decrease body weight. These are the pharmacological effects that they will promote these meds doing, okay? So... These meds, the medications that we get when we make it in a medication form versus the stuff that our body makes, they're actually chemically altered from the native protein to have a longer half-life so they don't degrade in our body and they last longer, okay? Before we jump in too far on the studies, we're going to dive into that here, but before we jump into that, I want to remind everybody, fixing insulin resistance, fixing type 2 diabetes, which is insulin resistance, by increasing your insulin production is never the way to fix your diabetes. Period. End of sentence. You will, over time, increase the insulin resistance because all you're doing is putting more insulin into the system for your cells to become resistant to, okay? And these meds, one of the main ways that they are promoted to act is by improving insulin sensitivity, okay? And of course, in the body, we know that this protein increases insulin production in the pancreas, okay? I'm sorry, it's not, they say that it improves insulin sensitivity, which is awesome, but we know that in our body, these Im increase the amount of insulin production by the pancreas, and that's where we're going to get in trouble. I don't know how it improves insulin sensitivity, and I'm not saying that it doesn't do that, they seem to be running the gas pedal and the brake pedal at the same time if we're putting more insulin in the system and somehow improving insulin sensitivity. So my 10 cents on it. So we are going to talk first about a 2017 meta-analysis. So this is about five, six-year-old study. And a meta-analysis is just a literature review. It looks at many different studies. And that showed that um, in the various articles, it showed results on A1C, so it's going to give you a range because it's looking at various different articles, but the max improvement, the maximum improvement in an A1C over 24 to 52 weeks, so that's 6 to 12 months, the max improvement was it dropped by 1.7%, okay? It didn't break down whether you saw that 1.7% at 24 weeks or at 52 weeks, so that information was not available to me. But the best result improvement that you're going to see, say it takes a year, is a 1.7% or say you do it in six months. 
a 1.7% decrease. So if your A1C is 9.0, it's going to drop it to 7.3. If your A1C is 7.3, it's going to drop it into uh, to the 5.6 range. And this is all going to happen between 6 and 12 months. Okay. So the 2017 study that I looked at, this is what it shows for the A1C improvement. And again, it looked at many studies. I want to say that this article specifically looked at five different studies. Um, the weight changes they reported out was a 3.6 kilogram weight loss over 24 weeks. So over six months, that's a 7.9 pound weight loss over 24 months. If you break this down into a weekly weight loss, you're losing about 0.33 pound a third of a pound a week and these are the best case scenarios that are reported out okay if you look at this over a month you're gonna lose about 1.32 pounds per month with these GLP-1 agonists okay cardiovascular benefits are something that a lot of these studies talk about and they were mixed again this reviewed multiple different studies and what they showed were mixed results a 2011 study showed a benefit there is a benefit to cardiovascular health with these meds a 2014 study showed there was no clear benefit not worse maybe better cardiovascular outcomes a 2016 study showed neutral they weren't better they weren't worse a 2016 another 2016 study showed a positive effect these are mixed results and they are slight and minor at best. The lay press will tell you that there is clear cardiovascular benefits with GLP-1 agonists, and that's not necessarily what the literature is supporting, okay? So the last part that I wanna point out about this meta-analysis study, the study that looked at all these different studies and, and kind of brings all of the data together to give us some information, that review was actually supported by AstraZeneca, who up until June of this year had two GLP-1 agonists in trials and in development. They've dropped both trials. I'm not sure what problems they had, but these are drug companies that are trying to make GLP-1 agonists, okay? <clears throat> the next study I want to talk about is a 2015, another meta-analysis looking at five different studies. The N, so when I talk about the N, it's the number of participants in the study. And the five different studies ranged from 252 at the lowest number to 911 humans, participants, and the largest study of these five different studies. The studies ranged from 24 to 30 weeks. The A1C change, again, was 1.5 to 1.9% decrease. So you're going to see it drop by 1.5 to 1.9 over that 24 to 30 weeks. So that's closer to a six month range, which is kind of nice. The average weight or the expected weight, it was, I always reported out the best case weight loss that I can see in any of these um, kind of conglomerate, these meta-analyses where they are looking at multiple different studies. The weight loss that they saw was four kilograms over 24 to 30 weeks. So that's an 8.8 .8 pound decrease over 24 to 30 weeks, so about six months. So if you do the math on that, that's 0.37 pound, a little over a third of a pound each week over 24 weeks. If you break that out into ounces, that's 5.9 ounces a week that you will lose. If you look at it at a month, it's 1.48 pounds of weight loss in an entire month. There was no funding noted on this study. <clears throat> Their disclosures did not have any funding from any um, 
uh, pharmaceutical companies. So actually, I think that's a positive. Remember, when we have a pharmaceutical com company um, funding these research studies, there is the risk of skewing. And even if it's like not intentionally skewing the data, but there is this, they have a vested, the pharmaceutical company has a vested interest in this study telling you that these meds are amazing and you're gonna have the most amazing weight loss. So the skewing will tend towards a more positive effect with these meds than may actually be there if any skewing is going to happen. So 2023 study is looking at a new med. It's retatrutide. <clears throat> and it's not on the market. This study looked at 338 people. And those 338 people were divided into three different dosing groups. So a low dosing group, a medium dosing group, and a high dosing group. Okay. They measured over 24 to 48 weeks. So that's about six to 12 months that they looked at these 338 individuals. Okay. The max weight loss they saw, and they saw it by 83%. And 83% of the people taking the high dose of this drug, they saw the max weight loss that they saw. And that was 17.5% of their body weight was lost at 24 weeks, and then 24.2% at the 48-week mark. So if we're going to look at examples, a 300-pound human would expect at that 17.5% weight loss to lose 52.5 pounds at the 24-week mark, and then 72.6 pounds at that 48 mark. So if you look at this, this study is probably the best weight loss we see. It's not on the market though. It's not available to us yet. And I do want to point out that it was studied in 338 humans. There are 70 million Americans who are obese and we studied it in 338 humans that's less than one percent of the americans that are obese that had this done so just i always am like oh, i don't know that that's a, a population enough this is how it's done in drugs i mean like i get it like they can't give the drug to all the obese humans or they wouldn't recoup any of their money they can't study it on all of them i don't know that less than i mean honestly that's less than 0.1 percent that's so small of all the humans that are obese. I don't know that we can necessarily extrapolate it to all the humans. The other thing I want you to see is the 338, that was separated into three different groups. So this high weight loss part that we're seeing in this high dosed group is really a much smaller fraction even than what's represented by the total that was studied in the, in the, in the entire uh, trial. So if you break it down, it comes out to be about 2.18 pounds per week that you lose for the first six months. And then at 48 weeks, I'm sorry, yeah, the first six months. And then at 12 months or 48 weeks, your average weight loss comes down to about 1.5 pounds per week. Okay. So the max weight loss we're going to talk about will be, you know, this 2.18 per week. The max weight loss we're going to talk about is going to be 8.72 pounds per month that you're losing. Okay. This study was funded by Eli Lilly, who is the developer and maker of this particular mat. They're trying to get it to market. In 2021, another study was done on semaglutide, the wonder drug. This is the Ozempic. This is the Wegovy. This was published in the New England Journal of Medicine. It was a study on, this was a big study compared to what I found. Okay. A lot of the studies I found were on very small 
n's, meaning the number of participants in the study were very small. This n was 1,961, almost 2,000 people. This is the biggest study yet, but again, if you look at it, the study represents 0.003% of the Americans who are obese and have this problem. So consider that when you start to look at the data that we're seeing here. The average weight loss was 1 was 14.9%. Only 50% of the participants achieved that. For a 200-pound person, that's about 30 pounds of weight loss over the study size. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mention that. The study size was 60 or the study length was 68 weeks. That is a long, long time. That's over a year for them to get to that weight loss. Okay. The average person in over a year, so that's, I don't know. I don't know why I didn't calculate it out, but that's 52 weeks is a year. So that's almost a year and a quarter. They lost that 30 pounds. That ends up being only 0.44 pounds per week of weight loss. If you're a 300 pound person, that ends up being a 45 pound weight loss total over the 68 weeks, which still ends up being less than a pound per week at 0.66 pounds per week, okay? The change in body weight over that 68 weeks was 37, or I'm sorry, 33.7 pounds, which was what the authors reported out, and that's about a half of a pound per week. So if you do the math on this, on semaglutide, the wonder drug, the Wagovi, the Ozempic, each month you're gonna you can expect to lose about two pounds okay all of the authors in this particular 2021 study were receiving funding they were receiving support from multiple different drug companies and novo nordisk was the particular supporter of this specific study and they of course are the makers of both ozempic and Wagovi. The next study I'm going to go through is a 2022 study. Uh, it's the Surmount One study, and it's also a very big study. It was 2,539 people, so 2,539 people. That ends up again to be like 0.0036% of the American, the obese American population. My dogs are getting rowdy. I don't know what's wrong with them. Um, I'm throwing note post-it notepads at them to try to calm them down so this study the surmount one study again it was a bigger study it did look at them for 72 weeks so again way over a year 63 percent of the participants treated with the most efficacious drug reg regimen so it was probably a higher drug regimen but where they saw the most beneficial results they were able so 63 percent of them were able to lose 20 percent of their body weight Again, for a 300-pound human, this is 60 pounds over 72 weeks, which comes out to be 0.83 pounds a week. For a 200-pound human, it comes out to be 0.56 pounds per week. So if you're looking at that, you know, best-case scenario in a 300-pound person, you are going to lose about 3.32 pounds per month with Monjaro. So that's that specific med that they're looking at in this study. The study was supported by Eli Lilly, who is the manufacturer, of course, of Monjaro. So let's talk a little bit about the side effects that you can expect. Pancreatitis and semaglutide and monjuros, so that's terzepatide. Um, that is the, I mean, that happens. So we know that, um, like, if you have a history of pancreatitis, you're not going to be offered this med, period, end of sentence. 
Other things that we see in these meds is a thyroid cancer. There's a risk of this in all of them. I believe it is a small risk, but in all of these meds, in this class of meds, we see that risk. Some of them had a colon cancer risk, and some of them had cholesterol issues, specifically in sexenda. I'm gonna send my dogs downstairs, so I'm gonna mute myself for just a minute. Nobody needed to hear that on the podcast replay. I didn't have to yell though. I don't know why they're so rowdy. So those are the big um, risky, scary things that can be seen as side effects with these meds. The other things that can be seen or that are commonly seen are really the stomach, this GI, this GI upset, this just generalized GI symptoms. So this is nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, abdominal pain, sometimes constipation. Those are all pretty much across the board with these meds, with these GLP-1 agonists, okay? So now let's talk about the cost because we're gonna break down what that means in some really hardcore data. Um, the cost for the Ozempic Wagovi semaglutide is gonna be about 900 to 1300, depending on where you go, dollars per month. The Sexenda is going to be $1,300 per month. And the Monjoro is going to be about $990 per month. That's the cost out of pocket. If you are using these for obesity, you can expect to pay out of pocket. You are not going to, insurance doesn't usually cover these. If you can get your insurance to cover them, somebody is shelling out a pretty significant amount of money each month to get these results. Okay. So let's talk about metformin. So many of you are aware that I think a lot of metformin. I think that metformin is a great med. It does a lot of things for creating longevity in the human being. It actually turns on longevity genes. So um, I think that's wonderful. The studies are pretty staggering. Like they measure, when you look at the studies, they measure the years added to your life from using metformin as a supplement for longevity. They measure it in the decades range. It's not weeks, it's not months, it's not years, it's decades range. I think a lot of metformin because of that. And in fact, I know a lot of functional med providers who are on metformin for the supplementation for longevity, not for their diabetes. They don't have diabetes. They're healthy. They're normal weighted. They're healthy. They're living a healthy life and they take metformin because it adds years of life according to the medical literature. I do have a prescription of metformin in my medicine cabinet. I have six months of it. I do not take it. I My philosophy, I just don't know that we can with science outwit nature. I just don't know that that's going to happen. So I am willing to take my chances with that. I don't take the metformin. But if you got to make a concession with your doctor, if you've got to compromise with your doctor, I always say you're winning with metformin, like make that compromise. So I want to look at some studies on metformin about weight loss, because that's the other thing. And I've always found it offensive that drug companies have been able, that the FDA allows drug companies to say that metformin is a weight loss drug because the effect are, they're so minimal. Okay. So I want to go over some studies. Metformin is very old. It's an older med. I say very old. I'm going to talk about a study from 1995. I was not in high school. I was graduated high school then. So I'm like, really, is it that old? But I don't feel that old. But either way, we're going to talk about some older studies because metformin is an older med and it was researched years and decades ago. So in 1995, they did a study uh, comparing metformin versus sulfonylureas. So these are like glimepiride, glipizide, gliburide, those kinds of meds. They don't use them very much and those aren't great meds anymore, but 
that's what they were uh, comparing metformin to back then. Over 29 weeks, so again, just over six months, the average weight loss was 8.6 pounds. So that was about 0.29 pounds per week or 4.6 ounces a week. Over a month, you should expect to lose about 1.16 pounds. Okay, that was a 1995 study. In 1996, they did the big pro study, weight loss of 4.46 pounds over 52 weeks. That was about 0.08 pounds per week or 1.28 ounces per week, which I just think is funny when you start measuring it in ounces. Over a month, you should expect to lose about a third of a pound with that study. Um, 2023, high dose metformin. So I think it was, I want to say it was 2.5 grams, but it may have been 2.2 grams per day. Led to a 13 pound weight loss over 28 weeks. And this is probably the best result that you see with metformin. That came out to be about 0.46, so almost a half of a pound a week, eight-ish ounces. And over a month, you should expect to lose about 1.84 pounds per week. There was a 2005 meta-analysis, which just reported out significant changes from placebo. I thought that was funny. And then in 2006, they compared metformin with TZDs. So this is like pioglitazone plus a sulfonylurea. So one group had both of those two meds versus just metformin alone. They did study it over two. I'm just flabbergasted. I'm shutting my eyes. If you're not watching on YouTube, you don't see this. You're not hearing me shut my eyes and roll them on the podcast if you're listening on a, um, the replay, but I am. They studied this over 208 weeks. So that's like four years to obtain a 5.9 pound weight loss with metformin versus these other two meds, okay? Now it is possible that in the first year they lost more weight and in the, uh, you know, there was some weight like regain over that longer period of time, but you should expect at four years, the average weight loss was really 5.9 pounds, almost six pounds. But if you do the math guys, that comes out to be about 13 grams per week. 0.5 ounces a week, 0.028 pounds per week. Over a month, you can expect to lose about 0.112 pounds per month using metformin long-term, okay? And the drug companies, the FDA allowed people to say that there was a drug, there was a weight loss effect with metformin. So um, adverse drug reactions, side effects that you see with these, with metformin, GI upset, that's the biggest one. Everybody knows about that by now. Uh, lactic acidosis is the other thing. The cost for metformin, unlike the $1,000 cost with the GLP-1s, and it's because it's old, $4 a month. So with the current meds available, we are going to talk about the return on investment right now. When I looked at these numbers, I was literally, I was, I was offended. I was like threatened almost. I, my emotional reaction was so strong when I looked at these numbers. I almost wish that I could have, that I hadn't promised everybody this podcast and I could have pushed it off a week to kind of process the emotions so that I didn't have such an emotional charge with these results. Okay. Because the return on investment is tragic at best. Okay. So with the current meds available, it's not including the one that you could lose 8.8 pounds per month because it's really not on the market yet. And who knows if it will be ever put on the market. The current meds available, the best weight loss that you're going to see is about three and a half to four pounds a month. The investment that you're going to make is a thousand dollars a month. Okay. If you think about that, you are paying over $250 
per pound lost. If you look at how long these studies were done, they were done over six to 12 months. That's $6,000 to $12,000 that you will pay to lose 15% of your weight, okay? If you, that number is just staggering. That's what's staggering. The weight loss isn't staggering. What's staggering is the amount of money you will invest on each pound that you lose. If you look at the metformin at 1.8 pounds a month, for a $4 investment, you are far winning that return on investment game there when you're using metformin. But it is staggering and surprising and a little bit um, threatening to me that this is where we are with weight loss in this country. The last, one of the last things I wanna say about the studies, one of the lead investigators on one of the um, studies that I read if you looked at his funding, like who supported him, where he, he, they have to make, they have to disclose any affiliations that they have. Um, one of the lead investigators on one of those studies, he was not only funded by the drug company that was funding the study, he also was funded by General Mills. And I don't like to be a conspiracy theorist, and I don't think this person is necessarily working from a conspiracy mindset or like trying to like make a problem. I don't think he's really a conspiracy problem and I don't want to sound like a conspiracy theorist, but for that particular individual, he is working for the company that creates the obesity and the diabetes and the problem with you. And he's working for the company that gives you the pill that you have to take to fix it. He is double dipping. He's going to take your money to create the problem and then he's going to take your money so that you have to fix the problem. There is something very wrong <laughs> with uh, this situation in America, in our society. It's very, very upsetting when I look at those numbers and how much money people will invest to get very, very meager weight loss because our belief in ourselves to have a better relationship with ourselves and a better relationship with food is so low. I will tell you over the years, I have invested a lot of money in coaching about my relationship with food. But it was not coaching that only fixed the food component. It fixed a relationship. It actually fixed the problem. These meds that you're going to invest in to fix your like weight problem or your diabetes don't fix the problem. One, remember, being on those meds is not the equivalent of being healthy, even if you normalize your A1C and lose all the weight you would like to lose. Being on those meds and eating foods that do not align with your biology are not going to create health. Those foods make you sick. I don't care what medications you are on, okay? So hear that clearly. These meds do not create health. They treat a symptom of your disease, of the dis-ease that's happening in our body, okay? They normalize it and they placate you and make you think that it's okay when if we're continuing to consume that food, that is not okay. So that's the first thing I want to point out. Um, the second thing I want to point out is investing in changing your mindset is going to create that long-term change. You're going to have to stay on these meds for the rest of your life. In fact, if you like Google, how long do you have to stay on semaglutide? How long can you stay on semaglutide? What's the weight loss regain? One, they will all mention there will probably be some weight, weight regain when you go off that med. Two, they'll say that those meds are really meant to stay on long-term for a lifetime at $1,000 a pop.
each month <laughs> that seems aggressive. So of course, for me, invest in yourself and fixing this, whether, I mean, like certainly that's what my group does. Um, there, you know, are a lot of coaches out there that help people with type two diabetes invest in fixing the problem. These are not fixes to the problem. These are band-aids to the problem. When you take the band-aid off, it's still going to be there. Okay. If you have any questions about this topic, let me know. If you, um, have any corrections, let me know. If I get corrections, I will certainly uh, mention those in future podcasts. If um, you're interested in fixing this permanently, not just putting a Band-Aid over it that will cost you $1,000 a month to keep on, if you're interested in actually fixing this, set up that rever uh, diabetes reversal assessment call. You can go to um, any of my link trees on any of my social media. You can send me an email at delane at delanemd.com. I will get you on the schedule. You can go to www.calendly.com forward slash delanemd and you can schedule on my calendar yourself. I hope that you found this helpful. I hope this has given you some clarity. I love to hear from you. If you have any questions, if you have anything to say about it, please let me know. I will talk with you guys next week. Bye-bye.